Hi, welcome back to another episode of Mainstays. My name is Jensen Dean Jackson. And just a quick little intro. Today's episode, which is a part one of two, is going to tackle some offensive subject matter. So if you find yourself being from the 2017-2018, I'm offended by everything group, the only thing I can say for you is to press stop on this podcast undownload it from the iTunes store or Pocket Casts or wherever you found this podcast and wait for one that's more appeasing to your ears. There is a lot of subject matter and it's always setting Philadelphia. Hell, the entire series is offensive to people with rice paper thin skin. So again, that has been your warning and we are going to get down to my must-see top 10 episodes in 5 Four, three, two, one. And number 10, coming in at number 10, Charlie and Dee find love. This is the episode where you're not sure when they when they bump into these rich people, whether they really are finding love, or if it's just all a joke and a scam, or a, or a le le roche le rouge, as Dennis would put it, which is just a cruel intention. Dennis is just warped to the mind and whatever. So the episode starts out with Charlie and Dee following the waitress around and Charlie in his uh, own right, unright mind, protecting the waitress from danger by barking at a guy walking by her delivery bike. So after that, the waitress is uh, pissed, tells Charlie to stop stalking her. Tells him basically to fuck off. Charlie goes back to the car, stressed and depressed. He wants to go back to the bar and drink. D just wants to continue to beat Charlie down and follow the waitress around. Uh, they they start to back out. They back into these I can't remember the name of the twins. So just call them the super rich twins. And love is in the air. But according to Dennis, it's just a little wrong. A cruel intention. It's not true love. So Dennis is going to prove this. Somehow going to prove it by banging Charlie's new girlfriend. I don't know how that proves a crueler intention. Besides the fact that you as a friend have the cruel intention of crushing your friend's heart. By sleeping with his girlfriend. But hilarity ensues. Like Dennis and the super rich twin playing tennis with Charlie and Frank. And in the middle of the tennis match, Dennis stripping off his shirt (laughs) and then telling the super rich twin, uh, do you like what I am presenting to you? And her in in a state of confusion asking him if he's okay, him saying yes and why and she, her saying, you look like you need to tan, you're very pale, which throws Dennis off. It gets Dennis a little riled up. And Frank has to come in and say, you know, hey, hey, man, you know, what the fuck? I thought you weren't going to try to bang this chick. And Dennis is all thrown off. Other things ensue. At the end of the episode, my favorite is Charlie revealing that he had the cruelest intention in terms of having sex with the super rich twin a bunch of times, which was just an effort to get the waitress back. It is a very cruel thing, but it's a very funny episode. I'm not going to lie about that. It's a very, very funny episode. And on to number nine. 
And if you notice that there are the Dennis is in this a lot, it's because Dennis is my favorite character of the whole entire series. Of the 12, 13 years that's been on the air, Dennis has been the most consistently funny and evolving character. Even if it, he has evolved into uh, psychop- psych- psychopath, psychopathy, I don't even know if that's a word. But number nine is the Dennis system. <clears throat> Where in this episode, Dennis reveals to Deandra and Charlie and Frank that he has developed a system to get any woman's undying love for him. Which in reality, he's just gotten any woman that he's used this system on to fall madly into hatred over him. <clears throat> in this episode, Dennis displays some of his... Um, shall we say, top choice narcissism and psychopath uh, tendencies. Some of his system involves, I think it involved slashing the woman's tire so that she'd be reliant on him, calling her, using a voice changer, pretending like it's her neighbor and threatening her, having sex with her, and then abandoning her. You know, all these things that are just really kind of fucked up. But if you understand the context of the, um, the gang and you understand the context of the series, then it fits in with that world where, you know, pretty much human decency was thrown out the window, you know, before the pilot episode. Uh, my favorite, favorite part of this episode has to be when Dennis is trying to read Dennis <laughs> he's trying to read Dennis this uh, pharmacist and Mac has his own system the Mac system system move in after completion Jesus Christ and Frank has a third tier system that's not really gone into but Frank's whole system seems to be a wad of cash and a magnum condom um, implying that he has a monster dong or in Frank's own words, his system is dropping a magnum condom and saying, oh, I dropped my ma- magnum condom for my monster dong. Very stupid system. But that has to be my favorite uh, favorite scene in the episode. And Dennis fails to re-Dennis this woman, which is a good thing because the Dennis system is kind of fucked up. <clears throat> now my number eight pick is the gang group dates. In this episode, you have a an online dating system called Sparkers. And uh, is it Sparkers? Yeah, it's Sparkers. And Dee is bragging about how fun and how great it is and blah, blah, and how she met this new guy off of Sparkers. And so it, gets, it gives uh, the gang an idea that they should do a, a Sparkers at the bar, make a bunch of money, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so they do it, you know? Episode opens up, and and again, <clears throat> Dennis states at the beginning of the episode that he's going to take Mac and Charlie under his wing and show them the Dennis system in full effect. He does, to a varying, very small degree, uh, get the Dennis system off the ground. 
uh, he fails hard, fluff, hard and shit. Because Dennis is, you know, as as the years go on, Dennis becomes uh, becomes a progressively weirder and weirder fella. Like he doesn't, he starts off normal enough and gets worse and worse and worse as the series goes on. So in this iteration of the Dennis system, he pushes things on a little faster. You know, one one thing in, involves him having a dog harness. There's no dog. It's just a harness. Uh, he explains, you know, a little bit about the dog. But the, the first day, it basically goes out like, fuck. So Dennis tries to Dennis these women. <clears throat> it doesn't go well at all because... Charlie and Mac revealed that there is no dog, and most of his story, if not all the story, has been a rouge. And so they move over next to Charlie and Mac, and Dennis screams in frustration, don't move closer, or no, he screams in irritation, you're going to move close to the men who eat trash and bang transsexuals, don't sit closer to them, sit closer to me. Meanwhile... D's Sparker's date, which was really just a one night stand that she misinterpreted as a uh, as the beginning of a relationship, accidentally runs into her at the Sparker's event and lets her know that he's there for Sparkers or Spark, whatever the fuck they they called it in that TV universe. And she is livid. <laughs> she she tells the man that she has a present for him. And when he inquires what it is, she says, oh, it's just a cock ring from all my lovers. And he says, it's pretty small. And she says, yeah, well, it's my dad's, which is uh, fucking disturbing. Uh, she says, I'm breaking up with you. He says, well, I didn't know we were dating. Blah, 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 blah. And, um... I guess the the hilarity of this episode, why it's a top ten for me, because it's a, it's a twofold. So you have after after the first date, Dennis swears that it's not you know that it's not him who caused the the date to go sour. It's Mac and Charlie, and he just needs to drop the dead weight to get back on track to become a five star man. So you have that storyline, and you have Mac and Charlie and Frank trying to find the right balance of conversation to. Be successful in group dating or sparking uh, a whatever. And so after the sparkers things, there's a there's a, there's an after date application where you can go and and, and rate a man or a woman uh, one to five stars. And Mac and Charlie progressively climb the star ladder, while Dennis, who proclaims madly throughout the episode is a five star man, continues to lose stars. So he's on a quest, you know, claiming to go out on dates with a couple undesirables just to get the star rating back up. But I've got to say that my favorite part of this episode has to be towards the end when everything is reaching its crescendo. You have Dennis looking all disheveled and fucking thrown out, sitting at Gugino's staring off into nothing, waiting for who has to be one of the only women that he's treated like shit in the series to constantly stick around, everly seeking out his affections in The Waitress, and you have him promising to be true and kind to The Waitress if she just goes online and gives him a five-star rating. 
and you know to his dismay dismay when he finds out that she doesn't do online because she has a phone from like the fucking 90s and he's shocked and he thinks that every woman that he is in contact with is rating him so then he starts yelling out you know i'll rate you i'll rate i'll rate you you don't like it i'll rate you blah 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 it's uh it's funny to see just how fragile someone who calls themselves a, a golden god truly is it is a it is a funny thing you know dennis is like i said he's my favorite character because of moments like this you know <clears throat> overall the episode and this this episode comes in later i think this is like season 10 yeah but it's it shows not only does it show that that these people can still be funny as hell it shows that the show is still relevant still speaking about things that are true to this day you know now moving on to number seven i'm sorry you know um I didn't imagine that doing a list like this would be as hard as it is. It is, and I want to give you my reasons for why these are in my ten must watch without giving away the entire episode. Because then, where would be the fun of you watching it if you know everything that happens? You know. But on to number seven, and number seven is Mac kills his dad. Now, in this episode, if you go back and watch the series, sprinkled throughout the series there are little character developments and one of Mac's character will not really develop past anything because Mac's dad pretty much hates him and Mac is you know doesn't really have a relationship with his father so yeah but in this episode the 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 the, the episode starts out with uh oh shit I can't remember but it starts out they're talking about something then there's a newscast and it's basically you know, man seeking justice is beheaded with a stop sign. And the gang is the gang is shocked and they find out it's one Luther McDonald. And Mac proclaims, No way, this has gotta be liberal bullshit designed to keep the man down. Can you guys believe that they're saying that my dad did the things that you know, and they're saying, Yeah, you know, cause they know Luther. It's a very deranged, crazy you know, shove things up your butt kind of guy. So <clears throat> Mac is, you know, all no way I'm getting I'm on a quest to prove my dad is innocent. And I think I just think the, the 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 funniest things about this episode is Mac the couple times that Mac goes to visit his father and his dad is just totally like I don't even love this kid, you know. And saying things like, Dad, there's no way <laughs> There's no way that you could have picked up that stop sign and cut that guy's head off. You have a bad shoulder. That's why you could never play catch with me. And his dad's reaction is, right. You know, because that's a lie. Like, he, he just never wanted to play catch with his son. It wasn't that he had a bad shoulder. But it's the fact that Mac is so infantile and pretty much stupid that he can't see his father for what his father really is, which is a person who doesn't care about his own son. Another favorite hallmark of this episode is having Charlie in, and Charlie is a self-professed 
Man of Bird Law, which is, I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to be an idiot enough to go online and check it out, but I'm pretty sure Bird Law is not a real thing. At all. But Charlie says he's a man who's a self-professed bird law, bird law lawyer, but he'd like to take Max Dad's case pro bono, which is a stupid idea because Charlie is a stupid, stupid idiot. But just their interactions and, you know, they after I, th- I think it's after the second time of going to visit his dad, they say, you know what, screw this. Let's just see who's come to visit Luther. And Charlie is so, so illiterate that uh, Max says, holy shit, dude. Uh, or they're both like, holy shit, Bonnie Kelly. And Max, like, you know, being smart about it. And Charlie's like, that's so weird, someone with my mom's name. And Max is like, dude, that is your mom. And he says, no, she doesn't draw these little squiggly lines. And Max says, you mean cursive? Are you talking about cursive? And Charlie adjusts his fake glasses. He says, I'm sorry, did you say cursing? And Mac is like, God damn, dude, just fucking learn how to read. So they go, and this is my favorite part of the episode, they go to Mac's and Charlie's to Mac and Charlie's mom's house to find out what's really going on. And after a bit of poking and prodding, this is how the scene goes down. She describes it. Uh, Eduardo and Luther were both in the house. They were both inside me. Eduardo was in my mouth, and Luther was in my butt. And at that point, because Mac asked before that for Charlie's mom to tell them more, and then Mac starts, you know, tell us less, tell us less. And then Miss Kelly proceeds, and then Luther went in Eduardo's butt, and they finished on each other. I was left out of the finale. And Charlie is like, God damn, mom. It's like fucking, you know, if you just know who killed the guy, just say that. Leave out the part about where you're a whore. And Mac is, you know, meanwhile, Mac is super obsessed with the fact that, you know, he finished on him, you know, basically just obsessed with the fact that his dad is gay and shocked to pieces that his dad is gay. Which is funny. So then they go back, and and that's that's the A, that's the that's the main story, and the secondary story is Bill Ponderosa trying to kill himself. And I don't really want to get into that because it's not as funny to me. That's not what the episode is about to me. That's just a B story. But they those two stories end up intersecting and tying off very nicely. And basically, you know, they come back and they said, you know. Dennis and D are, you know, hey, what's going on, blah, 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 and, you know, he's, like, fucking basically, you know, told him what happened with his dad and this dude, Eduardo Sanchez, and uh, so they're sitting in the police station, and Dennis <laughs> Dennis is just like, I- I'm sorry, but how is it dominate, dominant if he comes on him first? And Mac is still defending Walt's dominant because he came on him first and then he allowed Eduardo to finish second. What the fuck? I don't even know. That's a really weird way to explain away the fact that your dad's gay. Like, you just get over it. But um, anyways, moving on to episode six. The gang find a dead guy. Now in this episode, this episode is called Open where they open the bar, and there's a gentleman sleeping at the bar, 
And so Charlie goes and pokes him with the broom, and the guy fucking falls out of the booth, deader than a dick in the dirt. And basically, this whole episode is just Mac and Dennis trying to one-up each other. And that's the A story. The B story is that D is visiting her very near-death grandfather with Charlie. But D cannot stand old people and can't get within, you know, a stone's throwing distance without wanting to vomit uncontrollably. Now, in the B part of the story, because the B side of the story ends up being so much juicier than the A side of the story, and the B side of the story is the fact that Dennis and Dee's grandfather is a full-blown fucking Nazi who tried to indoctrinate them into uh, not Nazism, I don't know, into being Nazis, junior Nazi program camp, whatever thingy. And so the whole time that Mac and Dennis are competing, which Dennis makes Mac look like such a jackass throughout this whole thing, and at the end, which is my favorite part, is the end where Mac is defeated and depleted and is at the bar kicking it. And Dennis comes back from the wake and reveals to Mac after Mac pleading with him that he didn't want to know, tells Mac flat out that he slept with the woman a multitude of times. And Mac's only reply is, you must feel really good about that. And Dennis says, yeah. And he says, well, congratulations. Your grandfather's a Nazi. And hands him a picture of his granddad in full-blown Nazi regalia. And just the, the camera pans out, and it's Dennis's eyes bugged out, shocked, and disheveled. And, you know... It was just, it was funny as fuck, because Dennis was being a dick about me. He was being a good dick, like he, he did what he said he was going to do. He banged that dead guy's granddaughter, but, super scummy thing, by the way, but he won, but by the end of the episode, he lost, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, there you have it, folks. That is part one of my top 10 must watch it's always sunny in philadelphia episodes and i will be back very soon i said that's part one that's part yeah that's part one i'll be back with part two very soon and uh thank you for listening you guys enjoy the rest of your day